This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can uh, introduce me any way you want to, Jimmy. Anyway, right. anyway, you, you can introduce me Nesson, NHL Network. You can the king of bullshit. Bam! Just like that. Welcome to another edition of the Bruins Beat. Jimmy Murphy here on CLNS Media. And today we will be talking to Billy Jaffe. Of, well, how should I introduce you? NHL Network and Nesson? You can uh, introduce me any way you want to, Jimmy. Anyway, right. anyway, you, you can introduce me Nesson, NHL Network. You can king of bullshit about hockey, uh, <laughs> jerk, uh, whatever my wife, uh, you know, she, she's got a new name for me too, Bailey. No. Well, well, there you have it. That is the, uh, the <laughs> many hats. Uh, and I will say, he's, he's a, he is a bullshitter, but a good bullshitter. And uh, I, I, I appreciate his work. And uh, he's joining us here on the Bruins Beat today. Billy, uh, first off, Happy New Year. Yeah, Late too. Merry Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. Did the holidays treat you nice, my friend? Uh, yeah, you know, they did. They did. They treated me nicely a couple of days off, which was nice. And had some family in town. We get a we get a whole month of celebration due to our wonderful mixed marriage. So it, it is, uh, it's my waistline could have used a little less, but otherwise a lot of family and a lot of, <laughs> a lot of time. It was, it was good. You know, it was good. And then, and you know, I, I don't even know if I got anything. I don't really care. Just good time with the kids, a little hockey and fun. How about you? Besides pneumonia? Yeah. How about you? Besides the walking pneumonia, it was good. I mean, that didn't come until uh, after Christmas, thankfully. So I was able to enjoy the actual holiday there and, and family, like you said, it was good times. But, you know, another thing I enjoy all the time at this uh, this time of year is, is the World Juniors, Billy. And I, I know you're you're very busy with the NHL coverage, but have you had a chance to watch any of that? Just some of the U.S. Um, it, it Not a not a, a ton. You know, I don't I, I don't have the time to sit down and watch a full game. Right. Um, and, you know, I'll watch spurts here and there and. Um, it, like everybody else, we're so busy with. I don't know what the hell we're busy with, but we're busy with everything all the time. <laughs> we can't really do anything. So I, I've enjoyed it, what I've seen. Obviously, a few players uh, with the, that the Bruins have, and, and a guy like Fred, Trent Frederick and, and Lindgren there, and, and you know that's been great. But on the other hand, I've enjoyed Casey Middlestead a lot, who has played very well, obviously. Uh, Kachuk has been excellent. Uh, Brady's been, you know, has been excellent for Team USA. And you know, everybody's like, "Oh, USA is not going to win the gold. How could that be?" Holy smokes! Hopefully, they, you know, they get the uh, the bronze too. You know, that would be a pretty good, uh, 
consolation prize. Exactly. It's hard to repeat in that tournament as well as we've seen over the years. You know, it's, as I'm watching that, Billy, you brought up some of those Bruins prospects. It, it, it feels like not so long ago when we'd be watching that tournament that, you know, you'd see the team you follow, whether as a fan or media member, the team you're covering, uh, you'd see those prospects, but you, you'd feel like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not going to see them for a while, so I don't have to pay that close attention. Now that's not the case. I mean, some of them have already got some NHL games under their belt when they're up there, and, and others, they, they're going to crack the lineup next year because the league just keeps getting younger and younger. And, and I guess, as you said, we're always doing something. How much more has that for you in your position? I know it has for me, but just expanded your research and your awareness of, of what's coming down the pipeline. Uh, the World Juniors hasn't done it that much for me. It, again, because it's uh, it's a short tournament, and while it's it's important to see players how they're going to react in big moments, it's not the, the the depth of an entire season. You don't really end up seeing. There's really no lows of that tournament because everything is you're on. You want to talk about on high alert for two weeks. You are on high high hockey alert for two weeks, and you you're seeing players that are revved up. You really got to judge a player sometimes based on a game in February or, you know, late January, the doldrums of the season type of thing to see how they're really going to be. And you get, I think you get a better idea. Uh, I mean, look, last year, the best example, and I've used this before talking to other people, you know what you saw in Charlie McAvoy a year ago? You saw that he loved performing on the big stage. I've played in what I thought was kind of the craziest thing that I ever thought I'd experience. My heart beating out of my chest, back-to-back shootout wins in the World Junior when everything's on the line. So I kind of felt as though when I got to Ottawa for game one that this was like, this was just a game of hockey. <laughs> and he did. And so he said, oh, man, can't wait to see if he could bring that to the Bruins. That would be awesome. Well, he's, he's brought that. And yeah. you say, all right, there's a good sign of something. But, you know, just like you can't, you know, give the, the thumbs up to a player who has a dominant um, uh, uh, World Junior it doesn't mean that they're going to come in and play right away. Uh, you know, I mean, Angelo you know, Esposito, look at him. Well, well, but he's even the exception to the rule. I mean, I'm not, not the exception. He's the big, the name that everybody wants to use. Let's use regular name players. Uh-huh. Um, you, you know, uh, uh, with Troy Terry, I know he's going to go play in the Olympics. You know, he, he was unbelievable last year. Was he ready to step into the NHL? No, he went back to college. Now, is he a good player? Yeah. But is yeah. he ready? We'll wait and see. You know, we, we have a tendency to anoint and disparage within a matter of two-week tournament. And that's that's garbage sometimes. Just, you know, enjoy it and see how a kid is. And hope, there's, there's a good chance if the kid made the World Juniors, he's going to get a look for the NHL or at least pro somewhere. We know that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, you look at – let's look focus in and hone in on a team we cover here, the Boston Bruins. And just the way – they have transformed their scouting department. We got somebody going nuts outside there. Scouting department. Um, so you say Boston Bruins nowadays, and everybody's excited. You know, there yeah. they go. They're, they're and, on and look to the, the way, like they, they focus on these kids coming, and the, they seem to keep more tabs on them. They seem to really get them to buy into the the bigger picture of their philosophy as an organization. And and we're seeing that now on the ice, right? Is that is that all part of it? Well, the insinuation, though, is that they weren't doing that before. I don't I, – uh, were they not doing that before? I'm not asking you personally. I'm saying rhetorically. I think they were. I think it's just – the Bruins were a little a little 
slower to change getting certain type of players? Is the league metamorphosed into a faster, more skilled league? They were just a couple of years behind, and I think that hurt them. It's not really exactly sparkling analysis there, it, but it did. It hurt them, I think, and it, and it put them a little bit literally and figuratively behind other teams. I just think now, Jimmy, they've changed to where the, a lot of the league has changed, and, and they're at the point where they've drafted much better, you know, and, and, and yes, Donnie Sweeney. And by the way, Donnie Sweeney should get credit even for being a part of Peter Shirelli's crew. Correct. You know, a couple of years ago. But Peter Shirelli in his last year or two, what was it, 14, right? I mean, yeah. he's got a pretty good 2014 draft class result. So, you know, Donnie Sweeney was a part of that. Gretzky was a part of that. Uh, Keith Gretzky, that is. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, obviously other players that are still part of management and some that aren't here anymore. So they did a nice job there. They, they've done a beautiful job the last couple of years as well. And you're always going to have hits and you're going to have misses, but they've done a beautiful job. And I just think they've accrued a better uh, complement or a better stable of players, Jimmy, that make more sense in this day and age of the NHL. Now, does that mean that they're focusing on them better and keeping higher marks on them? I don't know, but I'm not there. That's, you know, I, that, that I don't know, but I can tell you, uh, their summer uh, prospect camps have been in, in a little different style. They've worked them real well. They seem to be getting the message through to the players. But again, is it because it's a better player for this type of NHL, or is it because the Bruins are doing better, or or maybe just both? Maybe maybe, maybe it's both. It's both. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know what I find ironic too is, you know, you you talk about them starting to draft a different type of player, and I think one of those key things is. You know, speed, up tempo hockey, attack, attack, skill, if, skill, yeah, and skill, skill, and skill. But you look at the way on this stretch they're on right now. You know, they're one of the best teams in the league, if not the best, in in the month of December. Uh, you look at the way they're winning; it, it resembles a Claude, Claude Julian coach team, doesn't it? Uh, well, in which potatoes. in which way? Oh, meat and like, potatoes. Um, Yes. Okay. Fine. I'll, I'll, I understand what you're saying, especially because the last couple of games it's been the we'll call them the third line, even though they play second line minutes, third and fourth mm-hmm. line. Um, but uh, yeah. Okay. Fine. Uh, they're winning with straight line hockey at times. No question about it. No. No question. But they're also one different thing that I'm finding, or big thing I'm finding differently is they're uh, they're winning. They're putting teams away. Not every game. I mean, they had to come back against Detroit that one game a couple of weeks ago. They had a battle, Ottawa, Mm -hmm. Buffalo. They grinded it out. But that's normal, right? But when they get an opportunity to put teams away, like Ottawa a couple of times, uh, uh, you know, like the Islanders, they do that. I don't think they do that as much under Claude. I'm a big fan of Claude. I'm just talking stylistically, though, right? I don't think now – I don't know how much they would put teams away nearly as much under Claude. And the other thing that they're doing, you go back to February when Bruce Cassidy was anointed the head coach, albeit interim. Um, one of the first, maybe the first thing that he said was, we we're going to look to take the puck to the net more and bring pucks to the middle for more mm. better opportunities. Mm-hmm. They're right now and, and limit, limit the, the low to high place, limit going back to the point and taking the puck away from the net. They did that a lot under Claude. They're not doing that now. Now they're top three. They've been top three or four or five pretty much the last month and a half of the season where they get shots from the mid-ice area, the slot area. 
They're bringing the puck there. So, yeah, part and parcel to what your comment is about winning it like Claude, no doubt about it. Claude would love the fourth line right now. He'd love Corrales' line, <laughs> no question about it. Who wouldn't? But on the other hand, too, they're doing it a little differently. They're, yeah. they're doing it with a different style, a little more, a, a lot more attention from the half wall and down low to the net. People are saying, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Tuca hate in this town, Billy, in this city. And I don't know why. I, 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 I just, I can't get it. I think he's, he's a great goalie. You may disagree. I don't know. But um, they're still not really crediting him when it comes to those people and some of the media around here, they still won't give him, I, I think, the credit he deserves for the stretch he's on where they say, oh, well, you know, look at the team in front of him. And I say, well, exactly. Look at the team in front of him when he was struggling. And I don't know how much he was, he was struggling as much as people say, whereas it was just, I mean, they were getting odd man rush after odd man rush against him. I think of those back-to-back -back games against Colorado in the beginning. Yep. And it's like, you don't see that anymore. And I think that has a lot to do with it. But you got to also give Tuka a lot of credit too, don't you? Yes. Yes to both. You have to give uh, both the team and the individual equal amounts of credit. Tuka probably, though, maybe you even give him a little bit more because of the amount of pressure that he was under because of the way that the fans and the media like to portray him. Now, Tuca has a, a, you know, an ability. He's really been able, as he's matured, he's, he's, he's worked hard, you can tell, at letting things go. And maybe sometimes it comes off that he doesn't care. It's anything but. Anybody who's around him regularly knows that Tuca doesn't care. I, I mean, it's, it, Tuca cares. He cares a ton. And, and I had a long talk with Bob Asenza last week about Tuca, because Tuca talked to me about, he does feel like he's finding pucks better a little bit perhaps through traffic, but is that the, the answer for his uh, metamorphosis from goalie that wasn't winning to goalie that can't not lose now, or they can't lose, I mean? Um, um, Bob Asenza said, I didn't think that he was that far off early on in the season. He wasn't getting puck luck, and you'll hear coaches talk about that. And I believe Bob, though. Bob's a straight shooter, at least he, oh, he yeah. has been with me always. He says, you know, he wasn't really that off. It wasn't like he was stylistically doing anything that was really wrong. He wasn't doing anything that said to me, whoa, I need to bring him back here or this or that. But he wasn't getting the bounces, and it was perhaps a little struggle, a little struggle for the team and everything. And so now he's getting that, and he's reset. I mean, whatever happened for Tuca internally, for him and the team, from his, from his time where Anton Hudova went on the four-game run, Whatever it was, even if it was just um, optically, visual, whatever, it's worked. Sometimes everybody needs to take a step back, and you got to keep saying to yourself, you're going to win, you're going to lose, and hopefully you're going to win more than lose, and you're going to get things straightened out, take that proverbial deep breath. He did, and right now he's on a great run like the rest of the team. You know, one thing I hear people say about him, though, and you, you made a great point there. People don't understand what a hard worker he was and how much he cares but when he says, and he sort of, he told me a similar thing too. I did a piece with him when he was in the midst of that slump. Um, and he said, look, I don't, I don't think I'm that far off right now. I don't think I'm playing that bad. I, I feel good. I, you know, I don't understand some of the, the outside noise right now. And when I published that quote, he, people were killing him saying that, well, he's throwing his team under the bus and, and he's all about himself. And, you know, he doesn't care about his teammates and he's blaming yeah. that. It, yeah, you know, for those that are, like you said, you're around him like me. I mean, that's not Tuca. I, I 
is he going to tell his teammates when something's wrong? Of course he is. But I don't, I didn't see it that way where it was him full out blaming his team. He was just stating a fact that then and there, they were a disorganized bunch. Yeah. Sometimes we don't want to hear the truth. And other times, you know, players got to be cognizant of what's going on and I, I, you know, using whether it was any player intentionally uses the media to, deliver the message or, mm-hmm. or coach or management for that message or not, yeah. you know, it's their prerogative, but I, I you know, the, the beautiful world of, of, of sports media or hockey media that we live in and, you know, can get, can get out, out of joint, out of whack sometimes. I don't, I don't really focus Jimmy on that too, that kind of stuff too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, and I think what you're saying is that the, the fans or the viewers or listeners shouldn't as well, but, but it's their prerogative too as well. I, I mean, look, I really like Tuca. I have, even before I was, you know, a regular contributor to the Bruins telecast and everything, you know, the comment I hear at times about Tuca is, I don't believe you're going to win with him. I don't believe you're going to win with him. Well, you know, they used the 2013 game six demise against the Blackhawks as a, as the example. If that's your best example, I say, okay, well, hold on a second. That was, yeah. Two goals against, you know, I don't, I don't remember the amount of time, but it was a, you know. A minute and 36, I believe. A minute, okay, yeah. And, you know, the whole team was in on that one. Um, yeah. You know, and then, well, we know. It's an empty net, too, so let's not forget that. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, I, I know. And, you know, it's, it's again, see the see the full ice, not just what's in front of you, or see the, the old yeah. forest from the trees, see the full ice. And, and that's where you just got to say, okay, you're entitled to believe that, but. Uh, I, I disagree. And that's yeah. a lot of times it's what I end up And sometimes you just, you, you're never going to change in his mind. You know, he brought up an interesting thing there about players and coaches utilizing the media time to get a message through. And, you know, a guy that struggled with that. And while it was many moons ago in his first head coaching stint was Bruce Cassidy. And I see him now. And like I said, that was a long time ago and he's had plenty of time to adapt and improve and learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see that now as one of his greatest strengths, uh, the way he's handled uh, certain youngsters, whether it be, you know, Jake DeBrusque, uh, Anders Bjorkit sometimes. He, he doesn't necessarily throw them on the bus, but he's not afraid to say when, when they're struggling and, and to point it out. And he's not afraid to tell us that either. And, you know, I had an interesting conversation with David Krejci about that. And I asked him right off. I said, is this on the record or off the record? He said on. And I told him what I was going to ask. And he said, I said, okay, no, go ahead. And he said, look, he comes to us before he comes to you. And that's all that matters to me. And if that changes, then maybe there'll be a problem. Maybe there wouldn't. But the other thing is, is usually when he says something like that, he's absolutely right. Have you seen the same thing about Cassie? Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there was uh, Bruce was very, you know, forthright about how he didn't probably – not probably how he didn't handle certain things perhaps as well as he'd like to his first stint as a head coach in the national hockey league when he got the job as an interim basis last February. And, you know, we all change, we all mature and Bruce is no different. Um, His many years, what was it? Five full years as a head coach in the American hockey league, I think allowed him to completely reset and uh, re, you know, do what he needs to do. Bruce will Bruce will will tell us. In fact, the other day, I think he said even to the media, he says, "Yeah, I, I probably still say too much, probably." <laughs> and, and, and I don't think he does, 
but in the world we live in, we live in a pretty sensitive world. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. We, we, we have politicians that can say anything they please and certainly can get away. But in the sports world, oh, we say a little too much. It's like, oh, my God, the end of the world. Um, it should be the opposite, I think, right there. Uh, I, I agree with what David Krejci said and to you about how talk with the players first. Don't, don't have it be anything that blindsides them. And don't have it be anything that isn't true. Um, and you know, certain players will handle it differently, better and worse than others. But you know, when you, when you talk to certain players, you, you, you hear how one guy might talk on a bench, meaning a head coach, and then maybe you hear how the assistant handles it. And it's not so much good cop, bad cop, but what it is, it's just dirt, different type of personalities. And, uh, I think Bruce has got it going right now. I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, on, on a daily basis, I think he's got his, uh, his personality, his system, uh, I think he's got his style going, and and I think I also think he's got some really good assistants. I really do. Yeah. You know, Sacco, Dean, Jay Pandolfo, all of them. You know, have been really you know dead on for what this team needs. You know, you needed to transform the team from one way of playing and one way of thinking from a coach who had been there parts what ten seasons. Now Sacco had been there. And Jay Pandolfo a little bit under Claude, but it's a different way under Bruce. And he's done a really good job with it. And and, and another thing he's done a good job with, too, we talk about how he's handled some of these young players, Billy, too, is I think at first, and it's natural, and he he admitted it, the veterans admitted That was, I think, the biggest challenge was getting the vets on board that had known nothing but Claude Julian, specifically like a Brad uh, Brad Marchand. You know, I mean – getting them to buy into what he was selling and, and to un- understand and adapt to the, to the youth movement coming. Mm-hmm. He seems to have done that. And I, I think that's why you, you see a team, like I've heard you say it many times on Nesson, they've gelled and it's showing on and off the ice. Yeah, no question about it. It's always, it's always a challenge to create a culture in sports. Um, you, you know, you don't need everybody to be buddy, you know, best buddies. It helps if everybody's tight. And I think we are seeing legit camaraderie on this team, which is such, so pleasant to be around. I mean, it's so pleasant. It's winning helps, of course, but it's, it's, they're winning together and that's just fantastic. But to create culture at, at the bro sport level is difficult given the, the, uh, nomadic nature of it now at times or somewhat nomadic, you know, it's short term. It's, anywhere from a few months to you're lucky, you know, you celebrate a guy, you know, who will be in a place for five or six years, anybody beyond that, like a Bergeron and a, and a Chara. I mean, they're, they're dinosaurs that yeah. they will hopefully spend their entire career. Well, I know Chara didn't, but a lot of his career with, with one team, but I, I digress, but you know, this is a, this is a team that I, I, I feel like Bruce Cassidy came into and said, I'm not saying that we're not good, but we have to change a few things and we're going to be more offensive. We're going to get on our toes and we're going to, we're going to gap up more. We're going to defend more up the ice and we're going to be more aggressive in our own zone. And he kept the, you know, it's, he didn't gut the house. He kept an awful lot of the infrastructure, awful lot of good, you know, as we talk about homes that are good old home, good old bones of, Mm -hmm. of, of the system. And he's added to it. He has modernized it. And, and I think that that has allowed the team or allowed those veterans that you mentioned to buy in. They saw results and started having fun. 
That's the other thing, too. Not that they didn't like playing for club, but it was a different kind of play, and yeah. they weren't winning as much. Now they're winning. They're having even more fun, so there is buy-in. Well, I saw, I saw Joe Quinville recently say it, too. I mean, he said – he said, I think maybe my message is getting stale in Chicago a bit. Maybe, maybe it's not, it's falling on deaf ears and maybe I got to get more creative. So it happens. I mean, it's just, it's part, that's just going to happen. Yeah. Normal. So, yeah, uh, you know, you can't, it's just part of the game. Hey, listen, before we let you go, Billy, uh, I know they got another game before they get there against Carolina at home on Saturday, but next Saturday, they start off uh, three games in one week with their arch rival, the Montreal Canadiens with an absolute golden chance, if they're not buried by now, but just to really put the dagger in. Do you think they do it? Well, well, uh, well, don't forget they have Pittsburgh Sunday too. Jimmy. That's right. So they, they've, got, they've got two games, and then they have a week off, and they have the, the layoff. Do they do I mean, coming off, that is such a wild card yeah. to try and predict coming out of. Um, you, I, I don't, I'm not writing a Canadian. I've just, I get, I'm 43 years old. I grew up in Boston watching that rivalry. And every time I think the Bruins have passed them, they always get the Bruins, you know? Yeah. And especially coming off the bye week and the Bruins are going to all meet up where they can meet back in Boston or they can go to Montreal and meet the team up there on their own. And then they're going to practice about five o'clock on Friday and then play a game. It's going to be a different feel. And, you know, both teams are coming off their break, which is what the NHL did this year, which I, I think is a smart thing to do. So there's no advantage towards a team that's already played. Um, but it's still really – I have a hard time sitting here and saying, do I think they're going to put them away? Because it's hard to predict how anybody's going to come out of there. I mean, you got three games in, what is it, 10 days, nine days against Montreal. I know they, they go Saturday the, and then the 13th, and then they play Wednesday the 17th. And then I think – do they play again that next Saturday? Is it like three games yeah. in eight days? Okay, yeah. so it's, you know, out of that, so you have six, a possible six points there. You know, of course you want all six, but if you get five, you're ecstatic. If you get four, that's pretty good. Does that that's put Montreal away? I mean, the thing for Montreal, Jimmy, that you're getting to is it's going to be the amount of teams that they've got to climb to get into third spot because right. it's, it's looking more and more like just three from the Atlantic are going to make it. I'd be shocked if four make it. So it's going to be the amount of team. The team that has got everybody's antenna up a little bit right now is Florida because they yeah. should be a little better yep. than what they were. But they, they they screwed around, you know, the crap that they did last year with the hockey gods and Gerard Gallant. It's still come back to haunt them. I mean, they're a better team than what they've showed, but but we'll see if they can make it up this, this you know, second half of the season. Yeah, it will be interesting, my friend. Hey, listen, thanks for joining us, Billy. We appreciate you taking the time. All right, no worries. Thanks, you. All right, Billy Jaffe of NHL Network. Nessany's everywhere. Join us here on the Bruins Beat. I'm Jimmy Murphy on CLNS Media. We'll talk to you next week. I'm going back to La Sancion, way past New Bordeaux. I got a brother in Parthenay. He's doing two years less a day, uh-huh. You just made ten months yesterday, uh-huh Ooh. Jimmy got pinched in Greenfield Park Living at the back of a butte skylock